Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Roundup Podcast of the Week with me, Peter Watson. This podcast covers the week commencing March the 1st, and I'm joined this week by Emily, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. How are you doing, Emily? Hi, Peter. I'm good, thanks. How are so, you? Yeah, good, thank you. Sorry, I, I still, <laughs> I'm still not used to this, like start, starting off. But anyway, um, I will get, I will get around, I will get better. Um, anyway, so, um, uh, so yes, Emily, Emily's here. It's okay, everyone. Emily's here to save the day, um, and uh, we're going to be talking this week about this week. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so anyway, so we're going to be talking about macro stuff, load of vaccine, bits and pieces, bits about IPOs, uh, and also cars as well. So um, all very exciting. Uh, so anyway, this week, um, unless you've been in a cave um, with, with no Wi-Fi, because let's face it, caves don't really have very good uh, Wi-Fi or, uh, you know, broadband. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, the Sunak has a, announced the budget this week. Um, which is gen- generally a spend now, tax later budget. Um, there's tons and tons and tons of of um, commentary on this, um, but um, but that's that's the you know that's the basic takeaway. Um, I reckon um, there were a number of things that were introduced into this um, and uh, you know into this budget to encourage business investment. Um, but I just thought it would be worth it's worth it was worth noting. Um, that, um, you know, it just struck me when I was, I, I actually was one of those uh, <laughs> saddos who sat and actually watched the budget, right? Um, and um, anyway, I, it just made me think that if you wound the clock back one and a half years or so ago <clears throat> to the general election and you said that the next government would be nationalising the railways, spending loads of money on the NHS and then raising corporate tax um, for the first time since 1974, uh, you would have thought that it would have been Corbyn um, that had won the election. Um, but it's not. Um, obviously, this is this is how, uh, you know, this is what COVID has done. And obviously, the government has had to adapt. Uh, and here we are. Um, so anyway, um, they are trying to encourage business investments. Um and trying to um, uh, make flotations in the UK more attractive because I guess that uh, the trading, a lot of the trading stuff has gone to Amsterdam from London. So we need to do something uh, in order to make up for that uh, for that hole. Um, and, they're doing, you know, they're, they're, uh, there were some measures announced at the same time as the budget. Uh, so not the budget, but, you know, uh, alongside it, um, talking about, um, recommendations for um, for the city uh, in particular uh, to try to attract IPOs. So um, you you may well be aware that there's been a lot of IPOs um, recently. A lot a lot of them have been in America, um, and then there have been SPAC um, SPAC backed IPOs as well. So a lot of tech companies, decent companies from the UK, have been opting to. Um, to list in America via uh, via SPACs. So the idea is to try to change that and maybe keep hang on to some of them. Uh, we're going to talk about IPOs a bit later here, but they're thinking of talking about things like introducing dual share structures, uh, which is a common thing that happens in America. The basic thing is there is that um, uh, you, you would say have uh, 
A shares and B shares. And as a founder, you would have A shares that have voting outsized voting rights and B shares for all the plebs um, who uh, just buy in and they will have no voting rights. Um, and this is quite common, for instance, especially in tech companies um, uh, where, let's say, the likes of Evan Spiegel from Snap, a.k.a. Snapchat, um, you know, he, he did he, when when they did when they did the IPO, um, he's obviously only he's got a certain percentage of shares, but no one else can vote. So this is this is where I say that um, dual share structures mean that founders can have their cake and eat it. So they can raise millions or billions, perhaps, um, you know, via via, um, uh, you know, investors buying in. But he still keeps they still keep control um, over the actual um, uh, keep control over over the company. So they're thinking of bringing that sort of thing in or talking about bringing that sort of thing o- over here. And the other thing as well is the lowering of free float requirements. That's another thing that's designed to potentially, you know, keep entrepreneurs here because again, if you've got a founder, the founder usually has a massive share, um, you know, shareholding. Um, and in order, the free float requirements at the moment are that you have to have 25% of your share, your shares sort of, you know, available for people to actually trade in um, as a minimum. Um, but they're thinking of lowering that to 15%. So there's, there's lots of um, uh, investors and stuff whinging about this. Um, uh, but, um, you know, it let, we'll, we'll just have to see um, whether these things actually, you know, get approved and, and come in, come into force. Um, so you, did you, you, you had something, didn't you, on, on, on Sunex, some thoughts on Sunex budgets? Yeah, so a couple of things to unpack here in Ooh, relation I like to... that. A Thanks. couple of things I'm, to I'm, unpack. I like it. I'm go professional on. now. I've done it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on then, go on then. I like um, it, yeah. So, yeah, in relation to corporate tax rise um, that you spoke about, especially the fact that it's a conservative government, um, I thought it was interesting the proposals for the super deduction in the tax once it's risen um, for Mm -hmm. business investment. And I think this is good because in the years following COVID, I think we really need investment. We really need businesses to be attracted to the UK. Mm. Um, especially off the back of Brexit. Mm. Um, and I actually have the example that Rishi Sunak gave in the House of Commons. And I thought it's very interesting to illustrate the point, just how valuable that this um, super deduction could be. So, for example, um, in today's climate, the current taxation, a construction firm could buy £10 million of new equipment and can reduce their taxable income from buying this equipment to two, buy 2.3 million. Hmm. When the new rules come in, this 2.6 million, which is saved by tax, will now increase to 13 million. So if you're buying 10 million of equipment, you can reduce your tax by 13 million, which that is, is amazing. 130% reduction. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it's a huge incentive. And although the corporate tax, um, corporation tax rates, it might have been a shock to people that they were going to rise. Mm. Maybe this incentive does kind of balance that out, but mm. we'll have to see, like, once... I don't know, actually, the rules on whether 
like how many times you can use it, whether it's just a one-off thing mm. or whether it's every tax year, but we'll have to see the details on that. Mm. I mean, it, that is that is massive, isn't it? That um, So, yeah, um, we'll see, won't we, how, how they're going to use it. I would have thought that this will be, this will, this should provide a huge boost in, you know, in terms of um, investment. I do think though, there's, I mean, possibly there's there's a there's a lot of uh scope for dodgy dealing in this i would have thought you know oh, kind of say, yeah. saying that saying oh no this costs this um and therefore this is our deduction and whilst giving backhanders to <laughs> to your suppliers or something like that so i don't know Maybe that's me being cynical unfairly i'm sure uh but um yeah i, I do yeah i wonder how much that is going to be abused yeah. um but anyway um, hopefully it won't. Um, but then our, uh, apart from that, we've got um, Biden uh, further afield. So we've got Joe Biden getting closer to getting his one point nine trillion dollar um, uh, stimulus package through. So it went through last week in the House of Representatives. Um, then it, uh, it but it, uh, it, it, it was put to the vote in the Senate, which it needs um, to, to go get to becoming law um it was 50 50 and so kamala harris um came in did the casting votes so it's still alive is the is the main thing it's whether it actually continues but um it's it's getting closer um the other thing as well um this week in terms of i guess macro type stuff is oil prices is going up um it's actually nudging nudging uh up to up to it's not hit it yet but it's nudging the 70 dollar a barrel level um it, and that is on the fact that um the oil producing nations have decided um not to increase production for now uh so as a result if you i guess the general feeling is commerce and stuff is picking up the demand is going to be higher and you know you've still got the same amount of oil therefore the price goes up so um that's that's where we are on that um so uh next thing uh wanted to talk about was vaccines um so in the u.s biden he pledged to have enough jabs to vaccinate all adults by the end of may which is brilliant um and now the interesting thing here is that he, this is uh, partly due to the fact that so uh, Johnson and Johnson, who are the ones that have the single shot jab, they got their uh, jab approved this week. Um, now, I think Biden had a hand in, or certainly he wants to get credit for having a hand in um, getting Merck and Johnson and Johnson together. So Merck is actually the world's biggest vaccine maker. Um, but unfortunately for Merck, their uh, coronavirus vaccine proved to be pretty rubbish. Um, and so they've abandoned it. Um, however, what is going to happen is Merck is going to help make Johnson & Johnson's vaccine, which I think is great news because, um, well, A, it's very efficient because it's one jab. Uh, and B, if you want to have someone making a vaccine you want it to be Merck so I think that's a really good you know that's a really good thing um the other uh, one other thing I thought worthy of note with regard to vaccines is that um in America CVS uh, and also Walgreens so and Walgreens is the one that owns um uh, Boots so the full name of the company is Walgreens Boots Alliance um 
But anyway, Walgreens in uh, in America and, and CVS, what they're doing, they're doing like, I suppose, like Boots and Superdrug are doing over here. They're part of the vaccine uh, vaccination distribution strategy. Uh, and so they're getting people in, giving them the jabs and the government is paying for all this. Um, but they seem to be using it as a marketing opportunity. So people who are coming in, they're, they're, they're getting their contact details and they're putting them on the database and they're monitoring what they buy when they leave. So, I, I mean, although, yes, they're not, a char- they're not charities and stuff, they all need to make money. I do think there's something morally a bit dodgy about using the fact that people have to go to their, um, uh, their shops to, to get the jab. Um, but, um, you know, if, they, if they're still allowed to do it, I would have thought this is good, definitely going to have a positive impact on their, on their subsequent results, I would have thought. This is dodgy. I mean, it is a bit dodgy. Yeah. Like, I think with, because there's so much criticism of big tech and their use of data and how how much data they have on people. But I would argue that this, the kind of data that these retailers have is more, is even more personal mm. than what big tech takes. I mean, big tech, say like Amazon takes your shopping habits and that kind of thing. But this is like personal health data. Yeah. This is quite sensitive. I think that's, I think um, maybe need to pay attention to that because I mean, it's it's not just big tech that can manipulate data clearly. No, exactly. Um, So I do think this is, I do think this is very close to the line, uh, if not over the line, but anyway, Mm. just thought that was worth noting. Um, And then, Anyway, moving over to Europe, um, distribution of the vaccine is still rubbish. Um, individual countries are continuing to break away from this centralised distribution agreements. Um, so you've got Slovakia, which is um, which is which bought the uh, is buying using the Russian uh, the the Russian jab. Um, you've got the Czech Republic, who are considering using the jab. You've got Hungarians getting um, the using the Chinese vaccine. And um, and now there's Austria, Denmark and Israel have gone off to do a side deal um, to produce um, vaccines of Moderna and Pfizer and share uh, vaccine stockpiles. So it really is splintering. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just not good. Um, and actually, I was reading this morning that. Um, uh, that the EU has gone over to to America you know, is asking America um, to you know ship over ingredients and or um, any surplus AstraZeneca vaccines, which is just incredible. Um, and then you've got then you've got Germany and France doing massive U-turns because in uh, in in a few weeks ago they didn't they didn't slag it off per se. they didn't slag off the AstraZeneca. Uh, vaccine per se but what they did do is they said well we don't advise this for use in the over 65s and as a result especially in Germany um, when people found out that they were going to get the AstraZeneca jab they didn't take up their appointments so um, it just makes things even worse so it's it's difficult enough as it is for for, for the EU because they just don't they haven't got their act together um, but then when you've got people say, well, I'm not taking it because it doesn't work, um, just horrendous. Um, and actually, just to 
continue on on that, <laughs> just to make it even even more bizarre, um, is that Italy yesterday they blocked a shipment of the AstraZeneca jab that was bound for Australia because they said that they didn't see Australia as a high risk country. So really, just amazing. Yeah, I think I've, I feel like this is this is definitely fuel for populists fire at least in Europe I think we've seen a few groups pop up in Italy and and Germany and I think they one of their main arguments is that the EU is so bureaucratic and countries would be better off going it alone yeah Um, and I just feel like this is this is a prime example of when it comes to the next elections in in the respective countries they can just say look at the Look at the mess that the EU yeah. got us in when we were trying to do our vaccines, and it's and it's very much life or death as well. I mean, it's not some political thing that the EU is doing. It is genuinely like these are vaccines for people's lives, and it's really quite yeah. significant. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's terrible. This, I mean, I don't think they're making loads of it now, but you can bet your bet your house on the fact that they are going to be massively using this in um in uh, you know in upcoming elections yeah. uh you know in, you know so this is going to be and it may well turn europe more populist mm. um but uh, but anyway so there you go so that's that you know that was interesting um but then in the uk um the rollout is going well uh at the beginning of this week there are over 200 million doses given which is great um and the office of uh, budget uh, office for budget responsibility says that if the rollout actually speeds up, which, um, which apparently it can, um, all adults could get their first jab by by June, which is one month earlier um, than had originally been expected. So that's really great news. I mean, we're used to hearing bad news and we're behind everyone else and blah, blah, blah. But um, it's nice to have this for a change, uh, I suppose, when it counts. Um so, yeah, it is. It, it's it, it's it's good to it's good to hear something good for a change because I think it's what also. Sorry, one thing as well is I've I've just it's just a, a, a thought really is that over you know the course of this so over the last year you've had various nations being touted as oh we should do it like them and no we shouldn't do it like that or whatever. So you've got like I don't know, especially I I'm used to seeing. Um, things like, oh, wish we had Jacinda Ahern, she's got it under control, which is a stupid statement because she's got, I don't know what the population is, isn't it? Something like 6 million people or something in, in New Zealand, and it's about the same size as the UK or bigger or something. So you can't really, you can't make comparisons like that. But, you know, they'll be saying things like that, or they'll be saying, oh, Sweden didn't close down and they're okay and blah, blah, blah. And it's so, you're not comparing apples with apples, you know? Um, so, uh, so it is interesting that, you know, that there've been some and Scotland has been ahead and then it's been behind and Germany's been ahead and Germany's been behind, but actually, but now, you know, this is now when it counts, I guess. And, uh, fortunately the UK is, is doing all right at the moment, but I wouldn't get, I'm not, I'm, I just, I don't want to get too complacent here because as we've seen, you know, you can be here, you can go from here. So there we go. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it would actually do the government wonders to be able to meet that blueprint uh, roadmap deadlines because I think 
Boris Johnson has stressed that they are hoping that it's irreversible and they will only push things forward, not that they won't go back into to lockdown or restrictions again. So I think if we can keep doing the vaccine rollout as we are, um, maybe June does look quite doable, yeah. especially if every if all adults could have their first jab by June, yeah. perhaps it could happen. And I think it's the best thing at the moment to try and to try and give people that hope yeah. so that they hang on for the last few months and keep following the restrictions as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and it will, it will be good. I mean, the earlier we can, we can start to go back to normality, to, the better for the um, economy, presumably yeah. all the businesses will open up and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's good. I mean, it's nice to see that something good is, has come out of this country's approach at last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been a bumpy road no one's been perfect anywhere in the world and um you know we it just so happens we're doing all right at the moment let, let long may that last um mm. anyway um the other thing uh, i was going to talk about with today was ipos um so amazingly exciting fact here that you can you can uh, wow people at parties with when uh, when we're actually back at back uh, allowed to uh, you know talk to people without masks on and and uh, be in the same room as um, you can uh, so uh, SPACs did uh, um, uh, responsible for a hundred and nine billion dollars worth of transactions globally last month last month a hundred and nine billion last month. This is all um, spread over 50 deals. Um, and so far this year, they've accounted for over 20% of deal-making activity. So you can really understand why this is actually very, very important, um, uh, you know, in terms of going back to, to London. You know, if London can get um, part of the, you know, a piece of the SPAC action, then I think that that would be, you know, that could, that could work, you know, very, very well. Um, so that's the SPAC stuff. Um, other than that, we've got Trust Pilot, uh, which has announced plans for a one billion pound float on the London Stock Exchange. Um, this is particularly interesting because it's a European company um, which is wanting to float in London. Um, so that's quite good. Uh, and then you've got Deliveroo, which announced that it will be doing an IPO in London, um, looking for a sort of ten billion dollar uh a value valuation now i personally i mean if you've listened to any of the other the other podcasts i'm personally quite skeptical about the delivery one because i just kind of think that i mean this is great for delivery great timing but i just wonder whether it's growth prospects you know has it hit its peak and i i would suggest that they 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 although they might be um more to go on this uh, you know, there might more people might ask for stuff. Uh, you know, sorry, more people might order. You know, um, uh, keep ordering takeaways and things. Um, I just feel that the growth rates are unsustainable. But I don't know. What, what do you think? Are, are you are you a big takeaway fan? Yeah, but I don't actually have Deliveroo where I am, so oh. I can't really speak to Deliveroo. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. It's just a. I think this is maybe the worst time because takeaways in normal life takeaways would still happen and takeaways were, were a treat but in the new normal life i'm talking like the end of the from june till the end of the year i don't think people order takeaways i think if they want to order food they'll go out because it's yeah. just such a big deal yeah. to go out again yeah um 
So I think maybe like in the longer term, it will pick up again mm. as going out for dinner isn't a big deal anymore. But I think for a long while, it will be such a treat to go out oh, yeah. that people probably won't order. Yeah, I, 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 I'd be really surprised if Deliveroo you know, continues to do well. Uh, so from a Deliveroo's point of view, they're taking advantage of the fact that they really are going great guns at the moment. But I just think for, like you say, at least the next six months or so, um, they're you know that that these orders are going to fall off a cliff. I mean, the other thing as well, mm. of course, is I do wonder whether these meal kit places will will do quite as well. Because, I mean, I I know that I'm I'm weird. Well, I know that anyway. But you know, I'm weird in the sense that um, I love cooking and I cook everything. And people will be very surprised to hear that the first time I even ordered a Domino's. Um, and I've I've lived in I've lived where I've lived now for uh 16 years roughly we have 15 or 16 years um it's the first time i ordered a domino's was um last year in in the summer and that was only under duress because of my kids wanting to 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 do it but um i you know i really i just think that um so that i mean that that's my point is more the, the meal delivery kits i love cooking i make everything and um i just don't get the whole i sort of wonder you know do people that order things like um uh what's it called what's it you know one of the oh, hello fresh something um, like that gusto yeah, yeah that's it yeah. gusto yeah gusto hello fresh and stuff i sort of think are they ordering it as an alternative to to a, a takeaway or are they ordering it because they really can't cook um so i you know i think those as well they've done extremely well i mean gusto especially i know they they employed more people because they've seen loads of loads of, a, a huge uptick but i just wonder whether they as well are, are, are going to have um uh you know they whether they will have a trick people rather than um mm. you know rather than order takeaway but i don't know um i don't know do you do you have uh do you have you have you done that are you a meal kit person I'm not really. I think, to be honest, I think they're quite an inefficient, very expensive way of cooking. I think you you can buy the ingredients yourself yeah. online and it will still be delivered to your house. Yeah. And you can do it for a lot better value for money. Yeah. And, I, and I do think they come with a lot of waste yeah. in terms of packaging. Yeah. That really isn't that necessary, but... I mean, no, no hate to any <laughs> to anyone that does it, but <laughs> just personally, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, you know, obviously it depends on your circumstances, and not everyone likes cooking, do they? So, I mean, you know, if you've got it all chopped up and stuff, it's you just chuck it in, then mm. you know, it's it's fine, isn't it? But uh, anyway, let's 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 move on from the haters <laughs> from hating on this. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, next thing is is cars um so uh lots of lots of uh um developments here um unsurprisingly in the uk for instance um uk car sales were a, a 60 year low i mean amazing amazing um in terms of a, a headline figure but then again not that surprising because everywhere has been closed so uh and it's been very difficult to get cars so um that is uh you know um, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen with that. Are people going to buy more cars when, with, when lockdown lifts? I mean, they did last time. 
Um, but I think that that was, be- you know, maybe some of that was because people wanted to get get something to, I don't know, uh, drive to the train station or something to go to and then go to work or or to use a car to commute. But I don't know. I, I you know, these these things are big ticket items. I mean, maybe um, if car companies do very attractive finance, which they could because obviously interest rates are still very low. Um, you know, may, maybe they can do that. I, I you know, I, I don't know to 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 get people to go back in. Um, and then, um, and actually, there was there was something else actually on on that front in terms of uh, in terms of car sales. Apparently, Europe has is has overtaken China to become the biggest um, area, if you like, of of uh, of of, of uh, EV sales. Um, I I always think that's a bit of a strange figure though to me to me because you're basically comparing china which is one country to europe which is a whole load of countries and saying oh look the the you know europe's europe uh, europeans buy more evs I, I don't know it's kind of pointless i think you you're going to you've got to compare country with country haven't you really but um but anyway that was that was something that was out you had um volvo um, committed was the latest uh, car company to commit to an electric future. So uh, electric cars, all electric cars by 2030. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, those that, you know, there were some, those were some of the, the electric vehicle. Uh, oh, and the other, the other big electric vehicle um, kind of, you know, development was that Tesla um, and announced that it was, going to be part of a nickel project it was going to be an advisor on a nickel project uh in return for getting um a supply securing supply of nickel into the future but uh what what did you think of that well firstly i'd just like to say i hope the car market picks up because my car is also currently on the market oh is it (laughs) Um, if anybody would like a white peugeot (laughs) oh very nice um a decent price how how much is it worth (laughs) Um, five to fifty. Okay, nice. If anyone's in the that budget range, feel there you free. go. <laughs> uh, DM DM Emily Fowler over LinkedIn. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to sell your car. Um, actually, you know what though, you that is in the sweet spot. Um, that that the, the, because I remember a few months ago they were saying that um, cars in the up to five thousand ish range were selling like hotcakes. Um, mm. because people wanted something to commute uh, to commute in um, because they they didn't want to they didn't they didn't want to uh, mix with other 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 people's horrendous germs um, so um, so yeah so there you go even even more of a reason for you to, uh, your, uh, listeners out there to buy Emily's car <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's like QVC we've turned this into QVC haven't we turned it into QVC yeah. um, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, back to Tesla. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll, no, that's right. I'll, that's um, about, yeah. yeah, I think this, this deal is really quite quite interesting. Good move on Tesla's part because I think by them being the advisor, I think as part of the agreement, they get long-term supplies of nickel um, from the project. And I think, well, nickel's needed for... Um, the most powerful lithium-ion batteries, which are used in EVs. And I think as more manufacturers continue to electrify their fleets and their future plans, these the, the uptick in nickel will obviously be quite high. And I think by Tesla already cashing in on its supply early, it's a good move financially for them. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I think it's a good, it is a good move. I wonder whether you're going to see other other companies doing something similar um, so that they can actually secure their long-term supply of, of um, materials that they need for batteries. So, you know. Um, okay. Um, and then there was one last thing on cars, which is interesting, um, that one of the uh, world's biggest car part suppliers called Valeo, um, said that chip sh- they think that chip shortages are going to last until at least the summer. Um, and actually, you know, uh, Neo was talking about shortage, uh, shortage, and we've had l- lots of car manufacturers like uh, uh, I, think, I think it was Nissan announced, um, Audi, or you know, or, or pretty much everyone has said um, there have been chip shortages. Um, and, and sort of complaining about it, uh, and I'm obviously gutted as well by that because that of, that also means um, that the PS5 that I ordered about five million years ago <laughs> is probably going to uh, not get not get to me this side of 2023. <laughs> uh, so I'm surprised you managed to get one to order one. Well, I well, I well, I say that. I mean, I put down on Amazon. I put, put you know, send me an email <laughs> when you get in stock, and I've heard, I've heard nothing. And so, so anyway, I might have to try to. I don't know what I'm going to do, but anyway. Um. So yes, any any other thoughts on on, on that, Emily? Yeah, I think that the whole chip shortage thing is really interesting. I was reading a bit about it mm. to try and understand why it's come about, and yeah. one. Uh, one commentator said that it was um, because the the consumer electronics giants, where in lockdown everybody started to hugely increase their tech intake mm, and they mm. were buying equipment and laptops mm. and etc. That really did consume most of the yeah. supply. So that car manufacturers and, and other uh, manufacturers across the industry as well had, just haven't been able to get their hands on it. And, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and I think that the um, I think that they get better margins. Um, so they get better margins when they supply consumer electronics companies. Mm. So that's probably another reason that maybe they got in, they got ahead of the the car manufacturers. But like, still, I think that means I still think that that means my PS Five is like we <laughs> a couple of years away <laughs> yet. Um, anyway, but there you go. So. Um, uh, any one, one last plug for your car? I mean, any anything? Uh... I feel bad taking the airtime <laughs> for my car. No, no, please do. I mean, you know, is it good? Good, Nick? Um... No, it is. It oh. is. It's genuinely very good condition. Brilliant. Um, I'm just selling it because um, I I don't need it because I'm working from home at the moment, and yeah. when I go back to the office, it'll only be a few days a week, oh, and I get the train. Yeah. So. No, fair enough. So, so there you go. There, you've you've heard it here. Um, Emily, uh, if you make a sale, please let me know. And, I'll have uh, to give you some commission. No, the other thing as well, of course, is that there is the possibility, although don't quote me on this, that some of your, you know, knowledge brilliance may have rubbed off in some way in the car. So you might feel as when you get in the car, suddenly your knowledge uh, it feels, you suddenly feel more knowledgeable about what's going on in the world, um, you know, to be like Emily. So, um, so there you go. This is a, that's another plug for you. Um, anyway, uh, well, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, next week on QVC, uh, we'll be selling, I'm oh, sorry. No. Uh, anyway, thank you very much everyone for, for listening. Thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, thank you very much, Emily, for your time this week. Much appreciated. Thanks, Peter. It's been great. All right. See you then. Bye. Bye.